Niccolo Machiavelli, 1469-1527 You've probably heard the term Machiavellian and are aware of its unsavory connotations. In the thesaurus, Machiavellian stands with such ignoble adjectives as double-tongued, two-faced, false, hypocritical, cunning, scheming, wily, dishonest, and treacherous. Barely a century after his death, Niccolò Machiavelli gained infamy in Shakespeare's Richard III as the murderous Machiavel. Almost five hundred years after he wrote his most famous work, The Prince, his name still smacks of calculated ruthlessness and cool brutality. Despite recent attempts to portray Machiavelli as merely a sincere and harmless teacher of prudent statesmanship, I shall take the old-fashioned approach and treat him as one of the most profound teachers of evil the world has ever known. His great classic, The Prince, is a monument of wicked counsel, meant for rulers who had shed all moral and religious scruples and were therefore daring enough to believe that evil, deep, dark, and almost unthinkable evil, is often more effective than good. That is really the power and the poison of The Prince. In it, Machiavelli makes thinkable the darkly unthinkable. When the mind is coaxed into receiving unholy thoughts, unholy deeds soon follow. Niccolò Machiavelli was born in Florence, Italy, on May 3, 1469, the son of Bernardo di Niccolò di Boninsegna and his wife, Bartolomea Danelli. It is fair to say that young Machiavelli was born into wicked times. Italy was not a single nation then, but a rat's nest of intrigue, corruption, and conflict among the five main warring regions, Florence, Venice, Milan, Naples, and the Papal States. Machiavelli witnessed the greatest hypocrisy in religion, including cardinals and popes who were nothing more than political wolves in shepherds' clothing. He also knew firsthand the cold cruelty of kings and princes. Suspected of treason, Machiavelli was thrown into jail. To elicit his confession, he was subjected to a punishment called the strappato. His wrists were bound together behind his back and attached to a rope hanging from a ceiling pulley. He was hauled up in the air, dangling painfully from his arms, and suddenly dropped back to the ground, thereby pulling his arms out of their sockets. This delightful process of interrogation was repeated several times. Machiavelli knew evil. But then so did many others, in many other times and places. There is no shortage of wickedness in the world, and no shortage of witnesses to it. What makes Machiavelli different is that he looked evil in the face and smiled. That friendly smile and a wink is The Prince. The Prince is a shocking book, artfully shocking. Machiavelli meant to start a revolution in his readers' souls, and his only weapons of revolt were his words— he stated boldly what others had dared only to whisper, and then whispered what others had not dared even to think. Let's look at chapter 18 for a taste. Should a prince keep faith, honor his promises, work above board, be honest, that kind of thing? Well, Machiavelli muses, everyone understands that it is laudable for a prince to keep faith and to live with honesty. Everyone praises the honest ruler. Everyone understands that honesty is the best policy. Everyone knows the countless examples in the Bible of honest kings being blessed and dishonest kings cursed, and ancient literature is filled with tributes to virtuous sovereigns. But is what everyone praises truly wise? 
Are all good rulers successful rulers? Even more important, are all successful rulers good? Or does goodness for a ruler merely mean being successful, so that whatever leads to success, no matter what everyone may say, must be good by definition? Well, says Machiavelli, let's see what actually happens in the real world. We see, by experience in our times, that the princes who have done great things are those who have taken little account of faith. Keeping your word is foolish if it brings you harm. Now, if all men were good, this teaching would not be good. But because they are wicked and do not observe faith with you, you also do not have to observe it with them. But keeping one's word is not the only thing that should be cast aside for convenience. The whole idea of being good, Machiavelli assumes, is rather naive. A successful prince must concentrate not on being...